It is both an honor and a pleasure uh, to take hopefully only 30 seconds of our guest speaker's time to introduce uh, Rav Beryl Wine, who is certainly a person of great note that everyone knows. So I'll simply mention some of his accomplishments that took place before he made Aliyah and when many of you were very young and don't remember. Wine was a very successful Rav in Florida, Florida, then both a Rav and a Rosh Yeshiva in Muncie. He did many other important things for Kalal Yisrael. He is a prominent historian and a particularly wonderful speaker, Rav Barawine. Good evening, everyone. You know, in the uh, state of Israel, uh, there are about 180,000 Asians who are caretakers for older people. Uh, They're a special breed of people. They really are, uh, they have special nishamas and uh, it is really a uh, great exhibit of chesed. And so in uh, the shul that I uh, share with Rabbi Goldzicht's son, with Rabbi Tiel, so we have a number of them. And they bring people every Shabbos morning, and uh, they take care of everything. And uh, sometimes it's of benefit to us because they become an automatic Shabbos goy. The uh, circuit breaker uh, flips off. Other things occur. So you have uh, uh, people there that can help you. But I began to question whether we could use them as a Shabbos goy because uh, every Shabbat they come up to me They must have Jewish antecedents because the one question that they ask is, when do services end? So I'm choshed that uh, somewhere, because that is the main question that faces the Jewish people today. We are now in the the, uh, parshas of the Ovos and the Imohos of Klal Yisrael. Chumish Breshis, which is the Maaseyovo Simon Laboni. So you will notice that there are details, very small details that the Torah tells us, and narratives about individual lives, uh, descriptions of historical events, But there is an overarching story that the Torah is telling us. The story of how Klal Yisrael was developed and how the fulfillment of the Brisbane Absorim occurred. 
and how Jewish people came to Martin Torah, I own the Ace how we became a people. So many times, it's the old metaphor about the trees in the forest. So many times we are so occupied with the trees that we don't see the forest. So many times we're so occupied with the individual narratives and with the particular events that the overarching story is somehow neglected and not seen to be important and many times not even realized. Rashi, quoting a medrash, points that out in the uh, events of Yosef Hatzadik. Yosef is sold by his brothers, he comes down to Egypt. So uh, the Medrash describes Ruvain is busy doing tshuva for the incident with Bilhah. Yehuda was demoted from his brothers. Vayered Yehuda miyimechav. So he has to regain his footing. Yaakov Avinu is in mourning for apparently what happened to his beloved son. Yosef Masalsel Basaro. And Yosef is in Egypt and he's, uh, he's cool. He's busy with his hair. And what is God busy with? The fulfillment of the bris made absorim and the creation of Kal Yisrael. So what the Medrash implies is that somehow these great people of whom we have really no concept somehow didn't see the big picture because they were all involved in their own Details with what life does to us. So I have thought that that's Masayovo Simon Labonim somehow in our time as well. There are great things happening to the Jewish people, enormous things. The fulfillment of prophecy in front of our eyes. I always uh, have that feeling, uh, I live in Rechavia, which if you're going to live in Yerushalayim, that's where you should live. And uh, when I have to go to the post office, which is penance by itself, uh, there's a shortcut. You go through a park, a little park that's built. Whenever you walk through the park, there are little children at play in the park. But both parents are working, so that's why the Lord provided grandparents. And they're sitting on the benches watching the children who are playing on the toys that the city has provided. So the Novi Sharia told us that that would happen. Oh, the Yerushalayim, 
Umishanosom biyadehem. They'll have their canes and their walkers. And they'll watch their grandchildren at play. So the Novi is alive. What he said was going to happen, happened. So that should make an impression. Somehow we should feel, wow. What the Nevi'im said is emes. It's not hyperbole. It's not political promises. It's fact. And there are so many facts that stare us in the face. I was remarking to my son what a sukkah we had in Yerushalayim. The whole world came. And by the whole world, I mean non-Jews. Tens of thousands of non-Jews came to commemorate sukkahs in Yerushalayim. So the Novi Yecheskel told us that was going to happen. So somehow we should have taken notice. But we're all busy with our things. And because we're busy, we don't see the overarching picture of our time either. We don't see what the Lord has wrought for us. Not just Eretz Israel, but in every respect. And we always see the negative and not the positive. The glass is always half empty. We're always full of complaints. We want to know what time the services finish. So Ruvain is busy with tshuva, which is very important. Tshuva in our time is a strange phenomenon. People who are far removed somehow come closer. In Eretz Yisrael, we are witness to that every day. The secular Jew, basically in Eretz Yisrael, even though he has not regained observance yet, has to a great extent regained the soul. He or she feels Jewish. It's the difference between the United States, if I may say so, I just did, and there it's Israel. Here, there are millions of Jews that don't feel Jewish. They feel progressive, they feel liberal, they feel this, they feel that. But they don't feel Jewish. And then if you don't feel Jewish, so then, uh, uh, then we can uh, boycott Israel, we can do all sorts of things, because, you know, what... They have no attachment to it. But there it's Israel, people feel Jewish. It's forced upon us simply by the facts of life that exist there. (laughs) 
So Reuven is busy with tshuva because tshuva is very important. Kirov is an important field. Now it's dried up a little in our time because of the disappearance of the conservative movement. The conservative movement to a great extent fueled the tshuva movement. Because the children who grew up in conservative temples somehow still had an attachment. And then when that attachment was reinforced, so then you had great tshuva institutions. But that reservoir no longer exists to a great extent. And therefore, uh, it's much more difficult. It's a much greater challenge. And that is a problem that we face. Yaakov Avinu is grief-stricken for uh, 75, 80 years the Jewish world existed on grief on the Holocaust. But as the last survivors now are departing uh, so that's not a winning issue. Why should anyone want to be Jewish because six million Jews got killed? How do you sell that? And Yosef Misalso Basaro, uh, the Jewish world has uh, gone off the rails. It's busy with all sorts of nonsense. And because of that, therefore, it's left, so to speak, to the Kodesh Baruch Hu, uh, to implement the overarching dream and the vision that was that the Brisbane Absorium and has continued until today in our time through the Nevi'im and through what is transpiring in our time and in front of our eyes. So we who have the blessing, Shifti Bebeis Hashem, you have to realize what a blessing it is that you have a place like this. You're sitting in the house of God. You're studying God's Torah. You have an attachment of 3,700 years. You have a sense of something to impart to others. So, Ashreinu, Matov, Chelkeinu, Manoim, Goraleinu, Mayofa, Yerushaseinu. How special are we? And if one does not feel special, so then one doesn't see the overarching vision of what is occurring in our time. You know, the Gomorrah and Baba Basra has the famous uh, few pages of the fantasies of Rabba Barachana. It's called Guzmos or the Rabba Barachana. 
It's all sorts of fanciful legends and tales that he told, in which uh, there are many, many books that have been written and commentaries as to what the messages are. But one of those fantasies is pretty self-evident. He has a story about people on a ship. And the ship gets caught in a hurricane. And everyone is going to drown. And they're in the middle of the ocean. And from a distance, they see... There's an island, and the island has trees and homes, and people are walking there. So they jump off the ship, and they swim to the island. And they clamber aboard the island, and they establish themselves... But then it turns out, Rabbi Barakana says, that the island is really a great whale. And that all of a sudden it decides to turn over. And they're all back in the water again. That's a metaphor for Jewish history. The Jewish people thought in many ages and in many times and under many circumstances, that there's an island that they can somehow find salvation and find success there. It's hard for us to imagine, but the Jews in 19th century Germany felt that they were in the safest, most secure place in the world. And it affected even uh, the Orthodox community. I uh, had the honor and pleasure of knowing Ralph Breuer's Eichet Sadek Levrocha here in the other side of the neighborhood. I would visit him, and he was one of the great experts on the German author Schiller. And the, he would discuss a Yerushalmi with me, and then he would say, you know, this poem of Schiller should uh, be taught. So we thought that Schiller would save us. We thought that was an island. And then it turned over, and it no longer was an island of safety. And that's true of all of Jewish history. I'm not a pessimist, because otherwise how could I be a rabbi? To serve the Jewish people presupposes that you're an optimist, because it's an amkshayorath. But... uh, To a great extent, there are many who think that we have reached the safest island in the world. We've never had such wealth, 
We've never had such influence. We've never had such freedom. We've never had such opportunity. So I pray that it is not just the back of the whale. And that somehow it doesn't, God forbid, turn over. But in the overreaching story of the Jewish people, in the words of the Nevi'im, that is not our purpose. That's not our destiny. That's not where our ultimate future is built. It's built as it always has built. In Torah, and in the hallmarks of the Jewish people, in Gemilus Chasodim, being kind and good to one another and to human beings, and in Avoda, in service of God, in prayer. The uh, tragedy of American Jewry is 90% of American Jewry never prays. They don't know to whom. The old bad joke is that the uh, rabbi uh, was asked to compose a prayer, so he began to whom it may concern. Who, what, where? The people of the book don't know what book you're talking about. And we have the opportunity to help that. One by one, community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, person by person, to make a difference. To say, this is someone that I helped. This is someone whom I restored heritage to. There are online services that will trace your genealogy. So I saw a statistic. I never know whether statistics are true or not, but they give you grist for speeches. But I saw a statistic that over 50% of the people who avail themselves of those services are Jews. Because who was my grandfather? Who was my great-grandfather? Where did I come from? You'll stop the average Jew on the street, he can't tell you. And it affects our society as well. You know, we attend funerals and we hear uh, eulogies. And many times the eulogies are banal. Oh, my grandfather took me to the ball game. That's your grandfather? That's what you remember? That's what he gave you? 
He took you to the ball game. So it's a search for self, for identity, for knowing who we are, for knowing how special we are. The Gemara says, with this I'm going to conclude, because we do have a time to finish. There were... uh, the dead bones that Yechezkel revived, the famous Haftorah of Cholomoyed Pesach, Shabbos Cholomoyed. So uh, there's 30,000 skeletons, bones, and then uh, the Novi hears the spirit tell him, Inove prophesy. And the bones come together, and they form the human skeleton, and then they uh, acquire uh, muscle and tissue and skin. And then the wind comes and injects within them life. They stand up. Kol Godol Mo'od, the Navi says, a great and mighty throng. The Gemara says 30,000. So the Gemara asks, Meisim Shehechio Yechesko. These dead people that were revived in the time of Yechesko, what happened to them? The Tanakh doesn't continue. The Tanakh just says they stood up and that's it. So there's one opinion in the Gemara. That they stood up and they said hallel and they all dropped dead again. So the Gemara continues Omad Rabyuda Bemseira Al Raglov, the great Rabyuda Bemseira arose from the Sibur in the base Medrash. And he said, Chas God forbid that you say such a thing that they dropped dead. They all got married and they had children. They lived out their lives. Vanimi b'nei b'neiam. And I'm descended from them. It was my Zayda. And the proof of the matter is, biyodi. I have my Zayda's filled in my hand. So then I have my Zayda in my hand. Then I know where I came from. I know what my connection is. He didn't say, and he took me to a ball game. Because that's not eternity. And we are constantly in search of eternity. So we live in a special time. When great events are occurring. And we have a chance to influence the great events. To be part of it. We're all actors on the stage. There's no audience here. But we have to feel that way. And we have to act that way. 
that we have to believe in ourselves and in our destiny and in all of the wonderful promises that have been made to us and that we are in God's grace able to witness the fulfillment of many of them in front of our eyes in our time. It's been an honor for me to talk to you, and I thank you very much. I bless you with every The older people have uh, an ability to give blessings. That you should be successful in all of your endeavors in life, but you should be successful in good health and nachas and kol tub selah. Thank you. Thank you.